Hi, this is Todd Stice with RX Matrix, one of the founders, and you are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Did you find the files? I don't even know what they look. What do they look like? They're in the computer. They're in the computer? Yeah, they're definitely in there. I just don't know how he labeled them. I got it. You gotta figure it out. Roger. We all know we can make better decisions if we have more information. The concept of data has been around since the beginning of time. You know, every company ran their business based upon data. I remember the first time I, I dealt with a, uh, a large retail company, the store manager had all the data that he said he needed. So I asked to see it and it was on a yellow pad of paper and he knew what sold, what didn't sell. And he said, you know, why would he need anything more than that? Well, let's fast forward to today. What do store managers use for making decisions well all the information that they gather by products being sold and scanned at the cash register but what about the digital video surveillance that's in every store where they can actually monitor what aisles people walk up and down they also analyze based upon your loyalty card what you buy when you buy where you buy it and how you buy it they also analyze what men buy versus what women buy all that data exists today and more and more is being collected. And heaven forbid you try to figure out what you're doing online. Every company that you deal with online has your digital footprint. What websites you've been to, what's your IP address, what device you're using. Last uh, December, even before the Christmas holiday ended, companies were saying 70% of items being purchased online were being purchased from mobile devices as opposed to laptops. How do they know that? Because they're collecting all that data. Well, the data is raw material, so you need to collect it and organize it, and that's step one. Step two is summarizing that data, analyzing it, and taking that data and elevating it to information. The next step is understanding pattern. What do men buy? What do women buy? What do what's market segmentation do? What do you know female athletes at NJIT do? What do you know companies of a certain size do? What's the automotive industry doing? That's when you start to see patterns. And now you go from information to knowledge. And then the next step is much more predictive where you're actually making decisions based upon this knowledge. And you're now using it in terms of wisdom. So you've gone from data to information to knowledge and wisdom. And when a company has migrated their data to the wisdom level, now they're able to make decisions on what businesses should we be in? What businesses should we opt not to be in? How can we be more successful? How can we react to our competition? How can we be three steps ahead of our competition? So that's why data is so important. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast. Things have been explosive over the last two years, creating the network of different pharmacists and pharmacy professionals delivering just incredible amounts of content and intelligence about the business of pharmacy. Everyone knows that has been a regular listener. I am a little bit of a data geek. I like technology. I like what it can do. However, I don't think that sometimes we, um, we take advantage of that technology because uh, we get bogged down with just 
daily operations and the importance of seeing our patients, touching our patients, being able to really engage and do things that we need to, as well as deliver that prescription count to keep us all in business. Having to pump out a specific amount of prescriptions per month is so important. So when I come across organizations and technology tools that seem interesting, that if leveraged properly, can give you an advantage as a pharmacy owner, I think there's something very valuable to getting that information out. And that's what this podcast series is going to be about. We're going to have a three-part series with a sponsor, brand new sponsor to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, the RX Matrix team. They believe, as well as I do, that data is king. And according to several studies done by Nucleus Research, analytics have impressive return on investment, and the trend is becoming more impressive. In 2011, the research showed that for every dollar invested in analytics, the business averaged a return on investment of $10.66. In 2014, the research showed an average increase in ROI of $13.01. That is greater than 1,000% return. And for the independent pharmacist, I believe it's going to change the game. I'd like to welcome founders of RX Matrix to the podcast, Todd and Trent. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thank you, Todd. We're, uh, we appreciate being um being interviewed here and, and being able to get RX Matrix out and get some traction for all these pharmacy owners. So for those who haven't heard of RX Matrix, if you're in the car on your way to work or you're working out and you don't have a, a PC or a Mac or a computer in front of you, after you'll see in the show notes, it says rxmatrix.com. Definitely take a look at the site. But let's start out, Todd, a question for you. We want to know what your background is and tell us a little bit about how RX Matrix started. Yeah, so I my background's um, in entrepreneurship, um, 15 years in healthcare, more specifically in the home health and hospice arena. Um, my direct role in all those companies that we've had is uh, CFO um, and marketing, and so you know, one just an awesome combination when you say uh, finance and marketing in one one uh, realm. <laughs> um, but with with the um, finance role in these businesses, I quickly learned that being so new, that I wanted in order to be the best in that position, I needed to know what the best knew. And so my background as far as data analytics really took off because I, I came across a mentor uh, 13 years ago who really gave me some guidance on the importance of uh, measuring yourself to, to others and finding out what the best practices were and what the benchmarking was. And so for the last 13 years, I've been, you know, every month diligently looking at that and getting all the answers that I needed to successfully run a, a hospice agency. And so um, as we grew and expanded, pharmacy is something that is um, so required for running a hospice. 
And we were spending about a million a month or a million a year in pharmaceutical costs. And so we were pretty desperate with the medical review and some of the regulations coming out and hiring a, a pharmacist to be on staff. So as far as I knew, we were one of the only ones in the country that actually had a pharmacist on staff. And we were pretty aggressive with the way we use pharmacy and compounding specifically. And so um, the time came when we were had to pick a pharmacy that we would actually partner up with to get you know discounted rates to work really well with us on being creative with those compounds. And that pharmacist uh, called me one day after working with him for probably 10 years and said, um, if you don't buy me by next Thursday, um, we're going to go out of business. And this pharmacy had been open for 104 years. And so we, uh, being rural as well, we could not afford in our community to lose a, this pharmacy. And so we went and partnered with Trent, who's on this call right now. And um, we ended up purchasing this pharmacy. And um, so we know what everyone's going through as far as trying to get a profit and trying to manage the change. And, and so that's where really RX matrix came from is that, that struggle that we had to actually turn that pharmacy around after he was losing so much money. And so, um, this has really been inspired by, by that struggle. Mr. Trent Jenks, I tell you what, I've been following the RX matrix story. I've read much of what's on your website. You and I have had a couple conversations, but tell me from your perspective as someone who's been in retail pharmacy for, you know, six plus years and someone who understands the importance also of data analytics and what that means to an independent pharmacy owner, what can RX matrix do for a business owner of a pharmacy or several pharmacies to set him or her apart from their competition, including these national chains and, and the nimbleness of an independent pharmacy empowered by this data analytics platform. Yeah. Great question. Um, so yeah, with, with my experience, um, in the retail, you know, been into the big box chains, um, Worked in as a clinical pharmacist, uh, specifically with hospice, and then as well now a, a pharmacy owner. Um, the data, you know, just like you you introduced, data is king. Without the data, we are as a business owner, we are making decisions based on um, luck or you know divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, instead of actually proof or history of of what the the history has told told us, and so. As a business owner, and we've talked to many of them, and many of them have said, you know, I was struggling 10 years ago. I'm not now. And when we ask them, well, what, what changed? And that's exactly what they say. They say, uh, luck. And um, we can't afford, as a business owner, to make business decisions based on luck and not knowing whether those decisions are going to help us or going to hurt us. Um, we Business owners, pharmacy independents, in general, um, you know, the data that's out there, the little data that we have, 41% of those pharmacies are operating at 2% or, or lower um, net profit. Um, that's one decision away from um, going out. And if we continue to do what we did yesterday, we won't be in business tomorrow. And that's the reason why we're so passionate about the data 
and gathering this data so that we as, as business owners and pharma, independent pharmacies can look at that data, learn from it, and become a stronger, uh, more united, um, independent uh, community with one another. So everyone at this point, and if you haven't heard about this, you're probably living under a rock, but everyone that's listening to the show probably has heard about Amazon uh, tinkering around with the idea of getting into the pharmacy business in some capacity. We're not sure exactly what that means, but having invested in 12 state licenses, which they have now, and really being um, cognizant of an expansion of healthcare services, Amazon will definitely, without a doubt, become a healthcare provider, a more prominent healthcare provider in some capacity. And I guarantee that they're spending millions of dollars on data analysis down to the penny and what it means to their business and their bottom line. And you can think, well, that's enormous and there's so much going on there. But if you are a 20 pharmacy, um, independent community pharmacy provider, if you are a one uh, location apothecary style pharmacy, it doesn't matter. The data is still a guide for you. The uh, data will tell stories of your past successes and failures and Actually, data will also predict what is to come based on trends. So what I'd like to know, um, Todd, is just tell me, how does RX uh, Matrix work? Give our listeners kind of an overview. How does it uh, have a vision to tell a pharmacy owner what choices and what decisions they should be making next? Yeah. <clears throat> Big question for the little time, but we're going to have some show notes here that I'll give um, some so the listeners can actually go and, and sign up for our webinar. That'll be um, ex really a lot more time to, to kind of dive in. But just for the listeners right now on their drive, um, how, how it'll work is... <clears throat> The first, there's, there's a three-step process, really. The first step being giving you the data that will allow you to manage your business on the more the financial side. So we're going to securely and confidentially um, obtain or allow the pharmacy owner to upload their, their financials into our system. And when we have those, those financials, we have a d database that will... Um, with all these formulas that allow us to produce re simple reports that um, will go right into their dashboard. So no longer having to cipher your financials and look for whatever the weaknesses are. And even the strengths I think are just as important as the weaknesses and, and giving them right to the pharmacy owner. So when they open up their dashboard, it's going to show at a glance where they're at. So they, they know where to, um, focus all their attention to in order to make the biggest impact in their pharmacy. So that's the first step. But once we have that, that data in there from the pharmacy, that pharmacy owner now has the ability to filter out and compare themselves to other pharmacies. This is where the power starts really turning because 
um, a lot of us are so unique that we find ourselves never not even being able to find the other apple to compare to. And this really dials that in and, and everyone can filter out whoever they want to. So, you know, you've got your financials on the left side and on the right side, you're going to see yourself compared to a pharmacy that does the exact specialties that you do that maybe has the exact size of storefront uses the right vendors, um, the population and, and the script count. And then, then they're able to um, compare apples to apples. So they'll know if their labor's in line or out of line. And it, that's the power of decision-making is because you can actually see what others are doing. It'll actually eventually, as, as with, when we get more data and get more information in there, uh, the data points will grow. So, for example, in, in hospice, when I've done this with another agency, I think we started out with just a, maybe a dozen data points. And 12 years later, we're looking at over 450 data points that are very, very precise. It just grows and becomes more accurate. And, um, and with every data point, there's revenue to be gained. And so that's kind of how that'll work is they'll be able to not only look at their pharmacy at a glance, compare their pharmacy to other pharmacies. If they're looking to add a specialty, they'll be able to filter, make, compare themselves to a very similar pharmacy as theirs. And then they'll just do one deviated uh, filter point, which would be that added specialty they're looking at. And they'll be able to see the bottom line shift. They'll be able to see the labor shift. And then they'll know and be able to make that investment knowing what's going to happen to their pharmacy and where the money's going to actually shift to or go to. And that gives a lot of confidence. So that's kind of how that works. But then ultimately, as an industry, the third step would be get, we'll have the, the data that we need as independent pharmacy owners to start helping clear up the smoke and mirrors that's in the industry right now or the lack of clarity on who to use and where you're going to get the best return on investment with partners that we use. And that is critical in this fight against Amazon is that we have an agnostic, unbiased approach at the ground level, just the independent pharmacies. Now we're migrating to the vendors that are actually producing us the best value. And when that happens, people have to start becoming a lot more competitive to gain our business. And so together, then we can start making a difference and an impact to uh, increase our bottom line. The average hospice is 2% margin, but those that were, those that have the data, they're anywhere from 20 to 30% margins. And that, I mean, all across the board. So that's, that's a pretty massive return on investment just for the data analytics, but um, it'll be awesome to see where the pharmacy can take this. I think, Todd, too, just uh, following up with that, um, you know, just a question for the listeners is, is how does your pharmacy now compare to those around you? Um, you know, can you currently compare your pharmacy to the ones that are, that are in your area, that are in your state, that are in your region, that are, that are nationally? And, you know, right now I'd say the question is, well, you may think you can, but you really can't. You can't compare your financials um, of your pharmacy and how you are um, operating day to day and compare it to anybody else. And that's where the vision is really to empower or elevate the pharmacy owners to make smart decisions to carry on the tradition and the legacy 
of the independent pharmacy. You know, as Todd talked about earlier, you can tell we're pretty passionate. When you have a pharmacy owner that's been in the business for 40 years and he comes in, you have to look him in the eyes and, and he says to you that we're, we're going to close our doors of a pharmacy that's been in our community for 105 years. That's the vision. That's the reason why we're doing this so that that, that doesn't happen and that independent pharmacies can continue becoming stronger and stronger and that the doors um, stop closing. And that brings up, you know, the vision of the next generation. What is our next generation going to do? And, we, and if we don't have the data to give them of the next generation, the average pharmacy owner currently right now is 60 years old. Well, what's happening with these new graduates that are graduating from, from pharmacy school and how are we helping them to carry on that tradition and legacy of owning and being an independent pharmacy owner? And there's no way for for Amazon or any of these other businesses to actually compete with a, a community pharmacy that's actually profitable because of their impact on the community itself. And so that's where the added value becomes so substantial, but we need profit in order to actually make the impact like we used to as community pharmacies, you know, 20 years ago. And so it's not just, it's closing the doors because that's the first priority right now because it's happening and it has happened even before Amazon even threatened to come into the market. And so we, we need to make sure that these new grads or these young pharmacy or pharmacists have the data so that they can have confidence knowing that they want to invest their future in a community pharmacy. So we know pharmacy owners know Every day, it's a concern um, to be able to deliver the best patient care, which is um, in their minds first and patient safety, but gaining an adequate reimbursement that can keep their lights on, their doors open, their pharmacy technicians employed, and then being able to give back to the community, which they all do because they're part of the community. So when I think of your description, Trenton and, and Todd, what you guys are talking about, I think of that NCPA digest that comes out annually. And I always felt that that's incredible data and bravo to NCPA for doing that as a delivery. However, I think that we need to have this data in our face every day. I think that pharmacy owners need to become diligent in looking at their their outcomes, their financial outcomes almost every day. So give us a little bit of a comparison. How does RX Matrix differentiate from, let's say, the NCPA Digest? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, first of all, I'd, I'd like to, you know, give a shout out to NCPA. You know, we're current members of NCPA. They do a lot um, positively for the, the independent and community pharmacy owners. Um, they, they are currently the industry standard. You know, when we are looking at benchmarking, uh, they are currently the industry standard, and that's because they're really the only thing out there uh, on the market the pharmacy owners can look at until now. Um, <clears throat> I want to uh, explain a little bit of, of how I feel NCPA is. Um, hopefully it can uh, relate to some of the pharmacy owners. If you think of a mosaic, a piece of art, that's a mosaic, and it's a bunch of little pieces you know, that are broken up and they're, and they're, you know, very diligently put together and they make it an amazing piece of art. And let's say that that, that piece of art has 
a thousand different pieces that makes up a bigger picture. You know, each piece by itself is not necessarily, doesn't tell you what the artist is trying to portray. And if you currently take NCPA's survey, which is voluntary, so we're not exactly sure, you know, who's actually giving that information, whether it's the most profitable or whether it's the pharmacies that are struggling. Um, and it's such a small um, number of pharmacies. There's 23,000 total pharmacies in the United States, and, and we, we are around, you know, a couple hundred, two to three hundred that we get that voluntarily take that survey. And so if you think of that in a mosaic piece of art, you know, we're talking about 1% of the pieces um, that we can really relate and take from, and is that data really re relevant? And so in, in our situation, when we took over the pharmacy, you know, that was the first place that we went to. That was the first place that we looked to try to benchmark and try to gather some financial information on why this pharmacy was, um, you know, closing its doors. And we took it and we, we quickly realized that we didn't have enough pieces of the mosaic art to, to capture a picture of what was really happening. And that's exactly what's happening right now is that there isn't a, a big picture. We only have, you know, about 100 pieces of the 1,000 piece, uh, piece of art. And the other thing that we, we, that's different is that we're going to vet the information. And so when the, when the pharmacy owner is uploading the information, we're going to have an industry financial gold standard um, to benchmark so that us pharmacy owners, we can all start talking about the same language. Uh, when it comes to financials, so that when we talk, you know, cost of goods sold, when we talk, um, you know, business, we all are going off to the same master chart of accounts and can talk the same language. Um, and we can start comparing our pharmacies apples to apples so that uh, a hospice uh, pharmacy that, that they do, you know, 80% hospice can compare themselves to other pharmacies that are doing the same thing. You shouldn't be comparing your pharmacy that does hot, that 80% hospice to a pharmacy that does 80% retail. And the reason why is because those that, that do hospice pharmacy realize that it's going to take a whole heck of a lot of extra labor because those, those medications that you're blister packing, that you're compounding, that you're syringe filling are going to take a lot more extra work. But that doesn't mean that there's not profit there. But when you look at the labor expense um, in the NCPA Digest, you're going to see that, hey, man, why is my pharmacy double the amount of labor um, and it's the, the reason why is because you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to oranges, and that is the goal and what's going to separate us from the NCPA digest. So, so two things. One, vetting the data. So how that kind of works in the system is we have parameters set up that are going to be constantly fluctuating and adjusting within a margin of error. So what that does is if someone, for example, there, there are pharmacy owners that pay for a lot of things that maybe aren't related to the pharmacy. And when we uh, voluntarily or we just upload that data, we don't want any of that, that skewed um, information to come over and be comparing ourselves to it. So we'll have a, a, a trigger that will basically not accept some of that skewed data unless it's additionally verified in a more manual approach. So we're, that's where we're going to be able to vet the data and make sure that it's, it is a pharmacy related cost, that it's true to what we're 
describing it as that's where we clean up that common language. But I think another thing that's important is once it does pass through those parameters and we're now filtering and comparing with other pharmacies, you will never be able to identify the pharmacies that you're comparing yourselves to. It will be impossible to, to be able to look at a competitor and say, I want to know what his financials are. So just I want to make sure the listeners are very clear on that piece, that confidentiality and security of that information is our number, number one priority. And that um, it'll, if you're putting a filter and it's too tight, it just, you'll have to broaden the, the search in order to not be able to identify uh, precisely who you're, you know, if you're wanting to do that, um, it wouldn't be able to happen. So let's talk about some technical structure. For example, I'm a pharmacy owner, a director of operations. I'm listening to the podcast. I like what I hear. I reach out to the uh, RX Matrix team. There's going to be a link in the show notes that will take you to a specific uh, place in the environment that you can uh, sign up for more information. Do I, do I get a web demo of this platform? Do you teach me how it fits into my pharmacy management system software? Is there a training um, guide or um, lesson that's being given to me by the RX Matrix team? And then is there ongoing consultancy to help me leverage the data so I can make my next move as a pharmacist to become more profitable, to stay open, to grow my business, to hire more employees. Kind of give us a, a, an overview of what those next steps are, why I'm going to use the RX Matrix platform as a pharmacy owner. Yeah, so the next steps would be let's, let's get you signed up. It's just an email address. We'll send you um, the dates and the time of the next uh, webinar that we'll be doing where, where we'll actually go into detail on the next step and be able to answer any questions. But essentially ongoing how, how, how it will look is we need that data every month. And so we'll sit down with the pharmacy owner and, and go through the first upload together so that we can map every one of their line items out, which will be uniquely their mapping and so of their trial balance. And after that, every time they upload, the system will know where, it's, where their specific information is mapped and how it's mapped. So it's just literally a, a, grab, a grab a file and, and upload it into this system, done. We're currently working on a couple APIs right now to be able to, and what that means is automate that so that you're not really doing anything. It just goes ahead once a month and grabs the information it needs out of say QuickBooks or, or whatever the accounting software they're using. As far as ongoing help, our mission is to elevate others. And so we will work tirelessly to make sure that that data that is gathered is utilized in a way that, that everyone that's in what we're calling our pride, um, Obviously, if you look at the logo, that might make more sense with the lion. But um, if you're a part of the pride, we're going to make sure that uh, we're giving you everything that we have so that you understand the data and what are your specific needs or to-dos to be able to become more profitable. Yeah, it's something else, too. Uh, um, we're also 
um, have been in conversations with some, some pharmacy software companies um, so that we can um, hopefully start gathering some of the, the actual uh, prescription data along with the financials. So you can upload your trial balance, but that doesn't give us uh, the prescription data uh, that happened within that, within that month. Um, and so we're actually working with, with pharmacy software so that we can pull the prescription uh, data of your specific pharmacy um, so that we can really start um, capturing a lot of the, um, the, the pharmacy financial um, ratios, you know, the profitability, the solvency ratios, you got your cost of dispense, uh, you got your inventory turnover, um, some of those those types of calculations so that you can look, see a, a very, very quick picture of how your pharmacy is doing and what the national average is of the, of the pharmacies that we have in our database. Gentlemen, I'm looking forward to the, the rest of this uh, podcast series on RX Matrix and how to leverage data to get more out of our pharmacy operations to stay in business, to be in, profitable, to expand. I believe in independent pharmacy and community pharmacy and what it does to lower over overall healthcare costs, ensuring that our patients um, are stabilized and or become better. So I'm all for this. I'm excited that you guys um, are partnering with the Pharmacy Podcast Network to get this information, this very important information out. Uh, Todd Stice, Trenton Jenks, Christopher Stice, a team that's been embedded in pharmacy for years. It's in your blood. It makes sense. And then you're also nerds like me with regards to the technology that you're implementing to get more out of the business of pharmacy. Bravo, gentlemen. Um, I'm excited about this. Uh, any closing words uh, before uh, we let these guys and gals get to work? Yeah, actually, um, you know, I, I would just like to, to send out a, a little message of, you know, the largest tree that, that's, that's out there is a sequoia. And if you look at the tree root itself, it's not very deep. And so what keeps these massive trees together? Um, this massive tree that's 270 feet tall, 75 feet tall, you know, what keeps them together is if, if you have a lone sequoia, it will not stand. It cannot withstand the wind. It will tip over immediately. What keeps them together is the unity of the others um, of the forest. The, their tree roots intermingle together underneath. It's very shallow. It's uh, less than 10 feet that these massive trees uh, intermingle together. And I, I just want to say that that's what we're trying to do here with independent community pharmacy. So we're trying to lift each other up. We're trying to empower each other. And, you know, a, a, a quote on, on unity is um, J.K. Rowling stated that we are only as strong as we are united. Bravo. We believe in that as well. Todd, Trenton, thank you so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, we look forward to our uh, second in the series. And we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.